Is this thing on? Are you ready, Matt? You're listening to Box Office Avengers with Matt Diaz and Ernesto Santos. Good evening, folks. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Hello, and welcome to another episode of... <laughs> that was aggressive. I'm sorry. I didn't... You, 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 you about scared the shit out of me. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Calm down. We didn't sign up for this. You're an aggressive... <laughs> an aggressive mood Latino man. <laughs> well, it's kind of fitting because we were just talking about different races today. Yeah. <laughs> That's a way to That's a way to go. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, where was I? Uh, hello. <laughs> Just not. I can't even start the show. Uh, what was I gonna say? Uh, welcome to another episode of Box Office Bingers, episode one sixty. Ernesto, look at that. Isn't that <laughs> That's weird? right. Every time, That's so every, many. every now and then, I see the number. I was like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I guess it has been that many. <laughs> Look at the, the huh. you know it's weird. The the, the, the more number, we do, the more the number goes up. It's crazy how math works. <laughs> oh my god, there's so many numbers so here. So many numbers. Oh uh, yes. Wow, yeah. we're we're wow, we're already over halfway to 200. That I mean, yeah, that's how numbers work. But, but <laughs> yeah, you're you're right though. I don't we, know. It's just wild. Like I don't know. And in each, think about like how many hours. Oh my god. How many hours we just sat? Like, and sometimes we were like just now we were sitting here at, at least almost an hour before we actually started recording. So like we, we we've right. been sitting in this chair for a minute talking like, hey, we should probably get started. <laughs> oh, you should get started, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Ernesto, tell our lovely listeners what we are reviewing this week. Well, you people. Me people. No, that's the movie we are reviewing this week. Netflix's You People, starring Jonah Hill, Laura London, Eddie Murphy, Julia Louis Dreyfus, Nia Long, David Duchovny, Sam Jay, Travis Bennett, Molly Gordon. uh, Who was also who also was notable? Who I saw? uh, Mike was that Mike Epps? Yeah, Mike Epps was in it. Yeah, very. I love love Mike Epps. I mean, Friday. what was the other one? All about the Benjamins. He did all about with, the uh, Benjamins with uh, Ice Cube. Great movie. <laughs> yeah, Mike Epps actually. Speaking of, we did the whole new to streaming roulette last week. Um, he actually has his recurring show on Netflix called The Upshaws. He does with Wanda Sykes. Um, oh, that's, that's coming right. in. A, that's right. Yeah, that's coming on his third season. I was like, when I saw that, I was like, get out of here! This show has three seasons already. I've actually this caught a little moving. bit of that. My, uh, yeah, my did parents you? watch it. It's it's not bad. It's very. It reminds me. Of like, it looks um, like sitcom television. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Think of like the Bernie Mac show, which I loved. I used to love the Bernie Mac. Oh, I love the Bernie Mac show. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's kind of oh, got that vibe. Uh, it's kind of got that vibe to it. It's it's pretty funny. It's not bad. It's I mean, for for a show nowadays to get three seasons, it must for Netflix, it must be cheap and it must be good. Yeah, and it's but you know what I mean. It's like it's sitcom TV. Like, 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 like fucking laugh. I, if I'm not mistaken, it has it has the laugh track and all. 
Yeah, really? <laughs> Listening to dead people laugh. <laughs> oh my god. Speaking speaking of a laugh track, I think the night that nineties show is also has a laugh track and it's like has a sitcom vibe and everything on Netflix as well. It, I don't how do you feel about that? I don't I don't know. I don't think like do we need that? We're literally listening to dead people laugh. Oh, the laugh track? Oh, yeah. we definitely don't need a laugh track. No, I I don't need to tell people don't need to tell me when I I need to laugh. I find it very distracting. I think, right but now. yeah. But we used to think of it as such a common thing. Like I remember thinking right. about it like, oh like but I I think I assumed that they were people wa- watching live in a studio. Sure, you're right, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. it's just weird. <laughs> I, I I agree with you. I don't understand it. I don't know why we still use it. I don't even know what the purpose is. Maybe we'll just go down a whole rabbit hole, Ernesto, and one episode we'll just be like, What's the meaning of the laugh track? Why is it there? Um it, I, I mean it it's a val- <laughs> that's a valid question, Matthew. That is <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really is. We're going to get philosophical here. Like, why are they telling us when to laugh? Like, do they not trust their audience to find their jokes funny? Because there's videos on YouTube where you can listen to, like, those kind of sitcoms, and they've removed the laugh track, and it, like, does not land the same. It's literally not the same. Really? Yeah. So the laugh track is adding to the comedy. Obviously, that's oh, the yeah. intention. Yeah, they're forcing yeah. you because you hear the laugh. You're like, oh, shit, I was supposed to laugh. And then you're like, <laughs> did I miss a joke? Oh, I get it now. And then you're like, oh, maybe I missed a joke. So I'm going to go back and rewatch it. And then I'm going to see what they found funny. Oh. Yeah. Not, I, a not lot for of all kid... of it. I mean, I'm sure there's, yeah, a lot yeah, of, yeah. there's a lot of you know valid humor. But I just think the added thing of the laugh track is just a weird – It's just it's always been a weird thing to me. Yeah, and it's primarily in like the sitcoms and even even like stuff on Disney Channel or Nickelodeon that they utilize the laugh track as well. Um, very strange. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you people. Which does not have a laugh track. Which does not have a laugh track. That was a that was a that was a rabbit hole we just went down. <laughs> we just went, we we trying to climb back up at this yeah. point. Like, hey, let's um, come back. <laughs> um, it's directed by Con, uh, Kenya Barris. Um, who made his directorial debut with this film. I did actually did not know that. Like, for film. Directorial debut for a movie. Um, and he's the creator of Blackish and Grownish. So, honestly, knowing that content, this movie is right up his alley. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's the creator of all that. And then he wrote Girl's Trip, Coming to Coming to America, not the, the sequel. original, the, the yeah. sequel. Um, Barbershop, The Next Cut. In 2019, actually, did I see that one? I don't. Remember. I didn't see that one. Is that that Samuel Jackson was in that one, right? Yes, yes, he was. Yeah, I believe. Uh, yes. uh, I forgot who else was in it. I saw it. I think I. You did. did? Was I it? Was it, it? Was it good? It's. I mean, it was fine. It was. It was <laughs> fine. Like Samuel Jackson, Regina Hall. Jesse, Regina Hall. That's right. Jesse T. Usher, he, he, familiar face, but. I, mm. I th- I think he's um he's the the, um, the the guy that runs fast in the boys. Oh shit! Yeah. What what is his character? Yeah, I, think I forgot his right. name already. Yeah. Um. Wow, oh, Matt, you get a trained, but you get you get you get A-train. points for that because you didn't even Thank see you. his picture, but you you just had it by <laughs> name and you pinpointed yeah. you like it immediately pinpointed who that was. I I gotta give you. Thank you. Thank you. That, Thank you. that one is an That's... obscure one. You get credit for that. <laughs> That's why they call us box office binges, baby. <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to get that one. That was a good one. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, so he's mainly, Kenya Barris is mainly a writer, and we obviously we saw some of his writing skills, if you have ever seen Blackish or Grownish, but also the movie-wise, Coming to America, we reviewed that, oh shit, now, two years ago? Oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we had uh, Kirk on for that one. Kirk on the, for that one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, Jonah, Jonah Hill had a contribution into writing the script here as well. Um, so, definitely a lot to discuss with you people. There definitely um, is. Yeah, and I'm interested in having this conversation for you, of course, later in the show. Uh, but I'm sure if anyone who's familiar with the show, I mean, we're on episode 160 right now. We're going to d- dive into our spoiler review a little bit later into the show. But, of course, before that, we're going to be diving into the movies we've been watching in a fun segment we like to call What You're Watching. But before that... We are going to be talking about the entertainment news. The tease, the (laughs) pre-tease, and the the tease, tease, to the news tease, to the what you watch tease, to the movie tease. You see, you see how that how that all connects there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we're diving into the movie news, the TV news, Bernesto. Before we even dive into all that, you got to remind the people that the breakdown is available if they want it. Yeah, because they don't even know. Because do, do you think we sometimes we sit here. For over two and a half hours. <laughs> for a long long time. Long time. Just me and Long Matt. time. Long time. Yeah. You know, and sometimes you just want to listen to them. You just want to hear what we thought about the movie. You don't care about what we're watching. Or vice versa. Or you just want to hear the news and move on. Like, you could literally care less about anything else. But if you go down to our description, you'll see the wonderful breakdown. That Matthew, like, <laughs> just pounded over the keys. Like, he's got sores on his fingers. <laughs> From typing this thing out every week. He types this out every week. And then we put the timestamps in there. So you can just skip ahead to what exactly what you want to listen to. It's all segmented out there. Um, Anything we can do to help. And if you guys, if we're, if you guys want something from us, hit us up. Let us know. Mm -hmm. We're willing to take ideas. If you guys want to see us, you know. We, you know what else we haven't done in, in a while, Matthew, is like a creator spotlight. That's one. Ooh, it's been a while. Right? That's been a while. Yeah, I think I don't think we even did one last year, uh, if I'm not mistaken. We I think the last Zemeckis? one we did was with that was that was December of 21. I think you're right. We didn't even yeah. do one in 22. Shame. We didn't even do one in 22. It shame. is a shame. Like, like Game of Thrones. Shame. Yeah. Shame. shame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and those those episodes are a lot of fun too. They were fun. I, yeah, so we, we definitely got to get back into that. Mm, um, maybe like Michael but, B. Jordan with him making his directorial debut. Mm. Oh, getting down to his to some of his movies. I mean, we we kind of did with Ryan Coogler. Like we saw Fruitville Station. We did it was Creed, a, it was Michael Black, B. Jordan. <laughs> it we did Black Panther. That's you know got, that's fair. That's I think we already got him checked in there. Um, but definitely other creators that are out there. We've, we've, we've done a few of them already. But, yeah, I know we, we had always have a lot of fun doing it. And, of course, as another segment we do is also our foreign film of the month, which we've been, for the most part, keeping up with it almost every month since we started it. And that's always a blast yeah, to dive into other films. Yeah, surprisingly, yeah. Uh, that's, that's actually the one that kind of stuck that we've, yeah. that we've been doing consistently. Um, and and in the topic of housekeeping here, we also have our Oscars prediction episode that we are prepping for Ernesto. That is coming very soon, very soon. to all all y'all to listen to. We've been working really hard and getting a lot of the stuff checkmarked and really getting because it's hard to or, Ernesto. It's hard to find this this stuff. They're not making it easy, but we're doing our best to to get all of it and doing the homework and getting a, a good honest 
prediction episode in there. Um, and I'm look, I'm really looking forward to it because we're really working hard into watching all this stuff. I think that there is an, also a conversation there. If they want people to give a shit about the Oscars, then maybe yeah. you should make it easier for them to watch the Oscars. Like, if people who can't make it, if like, if either you go to the theaters and everything else, I should be able to go to the Oscars website and be like, hey, watch it here. Pay a fee. Why can't they pay for the rights to stream some of this shit on their website? Like, some yeah. of these live action, like, <clears throat> some of the shit that we can't get to that's not going to be available in the theaters. Why do you want us to care about these categories if you're not going to make it available to us? Like, stuff on streaming services... That's that's different. So you need to there's you have access. You just have to pay for the service. Like yeah. some of this other stuff, like some of this international theaters, like you know, even some of the live action shorts, the ones that we can't get in the theater, or some of the documentaries, like just make it easier for make it easier for people, or tell or you tell them they should be telling us where to get it. They should be sending updates of where to yeah. send this stuff. Like what are you guys doing? This is the work that they should be doing. Yeah, I mean, valid point, especially, again, for if you want people to actually watch it, then give them avenues to actually watch it instead of finding the information out from 20 different websites and, you know, to get all this information, kind of lock it down. It's it's it's, it's, it's kind of really unfortunate. Because the Oscars are like the Super Bowl for people who watch movies. Like, that's what, yeah, that's what we like to consider the Oscars. But the people who watch the Super Bowl, guess what? They know exactly where to go to watch <laughs> yeah. all of their games. They make it, the NFL makes it really <clears throat> fucking easy for people to yeah, watch they, it. They, the Oscars they tell have you. this big convoluted-ass, like, scavenger hunt, like, find the movie, <laughs> find the documentary. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I mean let, let's give some Oscars some credit. Like, obviously, the, the movies are in the documentaries. They're owned by other people. But I, but to that point though, right? They, sh- if I feel like in that case, that if you are nominated, maybe work out a system where, like, for a limited time, you can find some of the stuff or make it available instead of going on the scavenger hunt. You know, like, like just all come together for a brief moment from the from the nominations to the award ceremony that it could be just found here, and then it can go back to your to you know muddled into the streaming world and the the video on demand and all that stuff yeah like either make it available at all on video on demand or like hey you pay a fee you go to the oscars website you pay them a fee you have access to all these right now yes this is only available in the theaters that's fine that's understandable like those kind of deals are understandable because those are easy enough access to people who want to go see it exactly go see it all right, let me get off. Yeah, my I'm with you. All right, all right, we're good now. <laughs> Sorry. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me get off. Let me get off. Hold on, right, hold on. Right. Let me step yeah. off my soapbox. <laughs> yeah, there we are. All right, we're good now. I, I, I think we checked all the boxes. All right, yeah. let's let's dive into some news, shall we? Yeah. And and I want to start off. I, I didn't write it down, Ernesto, so it's not there. I'm sorry. Um, but I do want to start off uh with some an update on the story we had last week, which was that uh, Hulu canceled reboot the show. And that was like a tragedy. Like that show is great, one of the best shows, new shows out last year. And we had talked about how the creator was going to shop around the show to other streaming services. Another one was interested. And now, unfortunately, we got another update saying that the show is a is is dead. Like the other streamer didn't pick it up, they didn't want it, and so now the show is officially dead. Which is. Damn, that's just so sad to see. Well, let's have a let's just have a moment of silence for reboot. Uh, just... Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, we 
Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Re- Thanks, Reboot. We Thanks, appreciate Reboot. Your, 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 one, your one season love. Um, anyway, another news. <laughs> uh, Disney is working on more sequels to their beloved animated franchises. During the Q1 2023 earnings call, Disney CEO Bob Iger teased that sequels are in the works for Toy Story, Frozen, and Zootopia. Iger told investors these future films were an example of how, quote, we are leaning into our unrivaled brands, unquote. (laughs) Throughout the call, he stressed again and again the importance of curating the company's marquee brands and franchises. Iger provided no further details about the creative teams involved with these future films. The developments developments come as Disney moves to integrate to reintegrate its animation business after both Pixar's Lightyear and Disney Animation's Strange World underperformed last year. And it's not just by a little. Under, underperformed by a lot. I remember reading Strange World lost $100 million. That's a lot of money. <laughs> That's, That's a lot, a lot, of, lot of, money. of money to lose so, on a project. That's a huge hit to Disney. So, so you kind of see that, and then all of a sudden we're like, you know what? We're going to focus on the franchises that made us almost a billion dollars. They're going the safe route. They're like, we need to gain <clears throat> some mm-hmm. money back, so let's do the, let's do these again. But do so, we? So I guess we're getting Tour Story Five. That was the, that was a big one for me, right? It's like I bet really, you, I bet you, I bet I was so thrilled. When I saw the news, I was like, well, great. I can't wait. Okay, okay. Let's let's play. We've many times on this show has shit-talked Toy Story 4. That's not a surprise. We've done it many times before. Justifiably, (laughs) yes. So now, now with that, we know what Toy Story 4 is, right? We we can't argue. We can't say that they should have ended at 3 because now they're making another one. So now this is – it's already – we're already past that conversation. So now with 5 – what do you do? Where do you go? What's the point? Like, Andy, is it going to be about Andy's kids now? Is it the oh, next generation? Uh, is Andy going like, to be st- in a retirement home? Like, what is but, Toy Story 7 going to be? Like, are we going to be daring? <laughs> are we going to be visiting Andy's grave? Like, how far are we going? <laughs> well, well, here's the thing, right? Because, like, in the spoiler alert for a movie that came out now four years ago, but just a spoiler warning, Toy Story 4 ended with Woody and Buzz separating, going their own separate paths, right? It would be weird if we would follow them, their stories, individually. Like, I feel like now, at this point, we'll have to bring them to back together somehow. But in what capacity, I don't know. And at this point, do we really want it? Do we need it? Do you? Th- I guess the bigger question, Esso, do you feel that Toy Story 5 could redeem itself from what 4 was? Yes, but it has to be... I think they need a, a fresh slate. Just mm. all new toys, a whole new family. Let's oh! Move, let's move on. Andy, oh. there's more kids than Andy that we could that we could talk about. Even in Andy's neighborhood, that can just echo in the universe of Toy Story. You know what I mean? Well, and it's funny because as far as branching out, they try with Lightyear, and that didn't go over well. See, but that, <laughs> see, but that was too close. That was not, that mm. wasn't that wasn't out there enough. Like they they tried to they tried to leech off of what Lightyear was, but then change, but then like change things. It's yeah, it was weird. It was weird. Like why didn't not just tell another Toy Story? Like maybe yeah, but maybe just a fresh slate. Like these toys have had their time. 
there's a lot of new toys that probably want some love that we can give some attention to. You know what? That's not a bad idea, especially with like maybe the toys out there that are, say, I don't know, um, like that requires batteries or we have kind of have that already. But maybe like some of the like updated, like make a 20. Like what are kids playing now in 2023 that like are they even buying toys anymore? Or maybe like we can explore. Maybe that's what the idea. Maybe that's what the idea is, is that people aren't buying toys. Maybe it opens with like a big like, you know, like. Their their version of Toys R Us closing like something closing so, something yes. that caliber maybe that be the opening scene. Go ahead, Disney. I'm gonna help you guys out. Like, you, know, <laughs> you listening? You listening, Iger? I'm sure you're not. But let's just this is for the sake of argument. <laughs> like you know, it opens with that, and then maybe it's the exploration of that. Maybe it's maybe this could be an ad to get kids to reinvest in playing with physical toys again. Like. That, that, Especially with the with the age of cell phones and and video games, like come on, man, yeah. I... Or find a way to incorporate all of those things. Like I don't know. Yeah. It, this is what you, they. This is why people pay you guys to be creative. Like, like this is this is your challenge to solve. Like, yeah. We don't want people. Your consumers have told you they don't want the same shit anymore. Like they want. They want something different. They want something fresh. So that is your challenge to solve. That's the that yeah. is your role as the creative to do. And and obviously with with the other two movies mentioned, Frozen's Utopia, I guess that's fine. It's not really much of a shocker to sequelize Utopia. That was a great movie. I honestly don't think they're gonna top it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, I'm okay. I'm okay with them reboot. I'm okay with the, a sequel to that one. That's fine. Yeah. Toy that's Story, fine. Frozen. Okay. Like how sure. Far? Is this is this the trilogy end? Like, or are we gonna? Yeah, get three I'm okay. With... It's like all right. Well. Gear We're up done. Frozen 15. Like, are we just gonna, yeah. like, are we just gonna keep banging all these out? Like, is this, is this yeah. the Fast and the Furious? Is this what we're seeing? <laughs> are, are we gonna get to Toy Story 10 with the family? <laughs> with the family? I, I <laughs> did you see the new trailer? <laughs> no, you know that I haven't. I, I know, I know, but man, is it wild? <laughs> it's. I think, Ernesto, this is supposed I'm, to be the end, right? Like, this is no, this there's is the this is this this is part one. This is oh so it was really eleven. So there's not really eleven. 10. There's really eleven no. movies, but they didn't want to. They're like, no, we can't tell them it. We can't tell them that the eleventh movie is really the eleventh movie. We have to call it ten part two. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like Harry Potter. They split book seven yes. into two movies. It's like yes, yeah. That, it's, well, that's it's, that's a little different because that's based on a book. This, this that's based on a book. This is they literally don't... like we don't want to call it. We just want to end on. We don't want to end on fast. X I has to be on X X. X. So, so X, apparently this X point two like what is <laughs> X squared X squared <laughs> X to the same power. <laughs> oh my god you see like a little a two over the, of the X that's like doop yeah Double oh my family. god. <laughs> <laughs> Ernesto, I'm telling you, this movie right here, we're going to go watch in 40X. I will personally pay for your 40X ticket so we can watch it together because I want you to experience the full fast. The full fast and it's all of its glory. Yeah, when was the last time me and you watched a movie together? Uh, uh, Star Wars? The Last Jedi? No, not last, uh, Force no. Uh, Basically, when we started this podcast, Rise of, the, Sky, was Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That might have been the last one we've seen wow. together. And that we did we would do this for over three. <laughs> we've been doing 
doing this for th- almost three over three years, and we barely go see the movies together. That was pretty pandemic, uh, though. That, that's true. That's very true. The pandemic really squashed a lot of that. Yeah. Um, and then I moved. And then you moved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll try to work out some time where we can actually see some of these movies together. Um, maybe like but once yeah. a year. At least maybe what, like yeah. once a year. We're like we'll start there. We're doing it again. Yeah. We're brainstorming. We're doing so. Right here. Yeah, <laughs> <in> real time. <laughs> once a year. Um, but yeah, fast. Anyway, go back to the story. Um, yeah, Disney. Like you said before, they're taking the safe route. They're taking their their big franchises that made them over a billion dollars, and they're like, look, we've lost money during the pandemic. We've lost money through our last two outings. We got to make some safe plays before we start going out and making original stuff again. Uh, at least for this year, like Disney has Disney Disney Animation has Wish, which is supposed to be an origin story about the Disney wishing star that we've seen in other classic movies is also an homage to Disney celebrating 100 years as a company when they started in 1923. Like that, that movie shows a lot of promise, Ernesto. Yeah, that's see, see, that seems interesting. Give us more yes. of that shit. More like, like it's, it's not an, it's kind of not original. You're, you're, you're expanding on, something that's already there like that's what exactly we need. that's what we need more of now you just got to make it interesting that's all like, right <laughs> it makes it you're actually that doesn't come out all the way till november and then in june for pixar we have a new original film called elemental that's kind of playing with and like if the elements had feelings if we're just going down the train of yeah. what pixar is known for um so i'm sure that could be maybe another hit for them but um yeah but so, I have, but I have high hopes because Iger's pretty much coming in and like yeah, cleaning house and like mm-hmm. kicking doors down. He's like, all right, like let's change shit up. Like <laughs> yeah, like we gotta we gotta start making money again, guys. So I mean, uh, and he's he's given us under his reign. We had multiple multiple successful movies. Like absolutely, like a lot of the movies when he was when he was running Disney were that's what that was those were like peak Marvel peak Disney. Yeah, very true. Besides Toy Story 4. <laughs> <laughs> but also, but according to Disney, it made over a billion dollars. So, I'm sure, but, but see, but, that, but, but that's a safe bet. Because Toy that's Story fair, yeah. was like the book, storybook ending for that yeah. trilogy. Like, it was perfect. And then they just shit on it with Toy mm-hmm. Story 4. Like, it was like, hey, we know it's going to do well because they always do. Like yeah. People people are gonna go see it regardless of how they feel about it, and then they'll just That's keep true. making them. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, sticking with animation, kind of a live action film adaptation of the animated DreamWorks classic How to Train Your Dragon is in the works at Universal Pictures. Uh, Dean DeBois, DeBlois, 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 um, the writer and director behind. The writer and director behind all three How to Drain Your Dragon animated films is returning to write and direct the live-action adaptation. The film is slated to hit theaters March 14th, 2025. So in about two years, uh, we're going to get that movie. It's Dublois. 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 Okay. Like Dean Dublois. 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 That's the, that's the so, <laughs> pronouncer I found online. So it's like the boys, but the blois. The blois. <laughs> the blois. Um, anyway, your thoughts on a live action How to Train a Dragon? Not surprised. I feel like this is <laughs> something. I mean, everybody. This that's another successful IP. That mm-hmm. I mean, do you think 
do you think it would it would warrant to see it in live action? That's basically like Game of Thrones, yeah. almost. Well, I mean, I guess a kid's version of Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's I mean, funny because I read... The stabbing, the... I mean, like, with the dragon. I mean, the dra- yeah, the dragon. The, dragon yeah. the CGI dragon's aspect. That's what I meant. Well, it's it's interesting because they've already had, like, a touring live, like, play on it. They have an ongoing play on it at, at uh, Universal, I think, Shanghai, I believe. Um, or, no, sorry, Universal Singapore has, like, a, like a Broadway-style... Um, how to train your dragon show there's been and there then then i think they're one that went on tour with it as well I, I i could be mistaken on that um you also have the how to train your dragon animated series there's like three of them um and then all three movies were successful so translating that into a live action version i find it interesting because like i it's i i find it a little bit odd like why you already have the three successful movies like why dive into a live action version but then i'm thinking like well fuck disney's doing it right now with literally every one of their classics so why can't universal slash dreamworks dip in that pot as well so out of all the movies to do it yeah it makes more sense to do a live action how to train a dragon as opposed to a live action shrek or a live action kung fu panda like or a live action madagascar those don't work but how to Train a Dragon that can check out. That can work, but you know that the can others, work. They're probably they're probably happening. It's probably not not too far off. Like I I know. It. I I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like to hear that. You don't need it. Um, I'm optimistic about a, a live action adaptation. I'm not thrilled on it per se, but I'd like I can. Yeah, sure. I I really I just have to see how it looks and like it's gonna be the same movie again, so. It just feels weird that, like, in 15... What? The, the first movie came out in 2010, so 15 years later we have a live-action adaptation, which feels really soon, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, at least with some of the Disney classics, they they have, like, a couple of years on them before they start live-action them, but... Sure. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll go <laughs> I watch it's it. Fi- I, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine, yeah. Um, moving on from that, a live action, I'm sorry, a Spider-Man noir live action series is in the work at Amazon. The untitled series will follow an older grizzled superhero in 1930s New York City. Insiders say the show will be set in its own universe and will not feature Peter Parker. Orin Uzel, the writer behind 22 Jump Street, Mortal Kombat, and The Lost City, will serve as writer and executive producer. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse producers Phil Lord and Christopher Miller will also serve as executive producers. This will be the second known project based on Sony-controlled Marvel characters and Amazon Prime Video and MGM+. It was previously announced last year that Amazon was moving forward with a Silk Spider Society series. So, mm. Ernesto, so does that film mean- noir. Isn't that Nicolas Cage? Well, he he voiced the character in Spider Verse. I don't know if he would come back to actually play a live action. See, but they need to they need to capitalize on what James Gunn is doing. They need to if they want it to work, they need to see the value in the interconnectedness. Otherwise, stop wasting people's time. Like, mm. how awesome! What's gonna make draw people more to that is if the Spider Man Noir who was in the movie is now in right. the TV show. Cause then now people are going to go, Oh, then I can go see him in this movie. And then it, those two properties are now forever connected. Connected. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Obviously I feel like obviously they're doing this movie or they're doing this series because of uh, partially because of how 
popular the character was in Spider-Verse. Yeah. Like, that has to be connected. The fact that Chris, like Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, who did Spider-Verse, um, is uh, as acting as producers. They're also acting as producers in, you know, Spider's, uh, Soak Spider Society. So, um, oh, sorry, executive producers. <clears throat> um, so, like... And then also you said it was an older, grizzled superhero. That is Nicolas Cage. Yeah. So that would make sense if he jumps on so. board with it. Yeah. Um, but what do you what do you think of these like these off Spider-Man TV shows that Amazon is signing up for? Uh, I, I'm okay with them. I guess well, I have to see how the first one. And then are these TV shows gonna be connected to the Madam Web movie that we got coming? Oh, that's a good point. Because that's a Madam really good Web point. Web is all about connecting into the spider-verse and the different spider-man yeah. and the different universe in the different universes so is is if there's a if they have a plan to connect all these together and the fact mm-hmm. that the spider-verse eps from the movie are eping on the show um then i have i have hopes i have hopes because okay. i mean the first movie was i mean we know it was incredible it was incredible, yeah. So and we have another. They have their hands in it, maybe, maybe not directly, but they're overseeing yeah. the the overseeing the production as EPs. So, you know, I'm, I'm here for it. So they're, they're yeah. there for the they're they're connected to the big picture somehow, obviously. Yeah, and we're also obviously the new movie coming out in June. Um, in uh, what is it, what is it called? In the uh, damn. It's across a, the spider verse across the spider yeah i'm that movie high high expectations for that movie to be amazing so i might i might be overhyping it but like when you made such a good movie the first time it's you know i mean the last one won best animated feature and justify it did that movie still holds up it still, still holds so up good. so good when i when i watched it in preparation for no way home uh it it does doesn't miss a beat um, but yeah, so we're getting more Spider-Man TV shows as uh, on top of the movies that <laughs> that are still happening from Sony. The so far they're not on a great track record, so maybe they can have more success with the TV shows. Um, <clears throat> and lastly, last piece of news: following the successful relaunch of Scream, Sony Pictures is looking to find repeat success by developing a sequel to "I Know What You Did Last Summer," Jennifer. <laughs> Jennifer Caitlin Robinson, the director behind Netflix's Do Revenge and the co-writer of Thor Love and Thunder, has signed on to direct the sequel. Jennifer Love Hewitt and Freddie Prince Jr. are in talks to reprise their roles. While Leah McKendrick is writing the screenplay, the idea for the new film came from Robinson and McKendrick, who blew away studio executives when they pitched this idea for a sequel last fall. We already have a sequel. It's called I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Actually, there's a third <laughs> one, too, and I don't, remember, I don't remember what it's called, but they go like on like a, like an island vacation or something, which was not good. Um, I Look, they they reinvented the Scream franchise, so that's, I guess that's fair. That's fair. There's, there's precedent there of redoing it again with another popular IP horror franchise, but... Let's be honest. I know what you did last summer. It was nowhere on the, you know, on par of what Scream ever was. Like Scream was very popular, and I feel like, well, I know what you did last summer had a had one movie that was popular, and then terrible sequels I followed. Yeah, so they had I know what you did last summer. 
I still know what you did last summer. I'll always know what you did last summer. <laughs> <laughs> and then they have this one. But, I, but you make a good point. They did reinvigorate the Scream franchise. I like the last mm-hmm. one. I'm actually Same. excited for this next one. Like Same. Their, their social media is pretty on point. Like I've, yeah. Like, their ads, like just promoting the movie. I mean, Jenna Ortega's hot off a of Wednesday. Absolutely. So, I'm, I have high hopes for this one, and it's something, and it's different. We're not in a small town; we're in the big city. I mean, we're in the big city. That, it could go. I've seen that go either way on horror movies, so it could either mm-hmm. be really good or really bad. But I, I have a good feeling. I don't know. I have a good feeling about this one. Um, I with Scream Six, I agree with you. Uh, with this, I know you did last summer. I don't. I don't know. I'm skeptical. Like, yeah, I mean, I was, I've only ever watched the first movie. I never watched the sequels, nor that after watching the first man, I ever cared to watch the sequels. So, eh, we'll, we'll see. We'll you know see. who's interesting? Who would, whose perspective we need to get on this is Esteban. Esteban, yeah. He would give us a clear idea yeah, on would. how he feels about this. Um, but yeah, there you go. That's all the news we have for you guys this week. As always, we uh, post all the latest and breaking news on our social media channels, on Instagram at boxoffice underscore bingers, and our Facebook page at boxofficebingers. We will post all the news over there first, and then we'll come back to the show and we'll talk about it. So with that, as we teased earlier, we're going to be diving into a fun segment we like to call What You're Watching. So Ernesto, we'll start with you. What have you been watching? <laughs> Matt, do I have a list for you? <laughs> okay. I've been banging shit out let's just say that <laughs> oh my god so, i'm ready let me strap in <clears throat> strap it we're gonna start with the oscars my oscars okay there we so, go let's do this uh i watched the pupil live action short mm-hmm. uh, i fell asleep <laughs> uh it was incredibly hard to follow and i and i struggled to watch every minute of it I just didn't. Wow. Know. I just really didn't find it interesting. I, I tried. You know, and I tried four separate times. Wow. And and it's funny because like, and we've talked about this before. I mean, we've we used the term Oscar bait many times, and some of these, some of these, you know, things that are nominated are just it doesn't hit with the public. Yeah. Like the the the, the Academy saw something different. But it just doesn't translate well when you try to get it to people who, you know, who just normally watch like us. Yeah. I have another one like that. And that would okay. be – and I and I think I want to give this one another shot because it did look interesting and maybe I was just tired. But <clears throat> I watched the docu-feature, All That all that Briefs. Yes. I tried to watch it. I'm assuming mm. it's about birds. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I just – I tried to, twice. But like I feel like there's I don't know if if that one if you've also knocked that one out or if you've watched that one yet. Um, I I haven't. Um, I I've, I'll, I'll get when I get to my what you're watching I'll explain because I had a very, I have a very low list this week. Okay. Um, but I, I'm gonna be revving it up for next week and obviously for our predictions episode. But um, I I was actually really excited for that one. Out of all the documentaries out there, I was like, oh, this one's gonna be good. I'm gonna I'm gonna try. I'm you know I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try one more time. Okay. I'm try one okay. more time, and then I'm going to call it like I called the short. But yeah. the one that I'm really excited to talk about is the Navalny documentary that's on okay. HBO Max. Yeah. That is a fucking crazy-ass documentary. It's about um, how Putin tried to poison this guy, and they caught him, and they, they caught him on the phone 
from one of the guys involved in the plot that failed when they tried to kill him, giving him basically all the details and how this guy is still in prison. He he fled to Germany after he got sick and when he got well and he wanted to come back to Russia because he wants to run for president. They arrested him at the airport. It is a wild story. I no. I, I highly, highly re- recommend that this is a great documentary to watch. It is a fucking crazy ass story. <laughs> oh, interesting. I didn't know that was what it was about. Honestly, I, I don't know what any of these documentaries are about. I'm just going to dive in cold in here. Um, but that sounds wild. That it, it is crazy. I, I, I mean, <laughs> like that, 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 uh, just, I mean, well, I'm going to have to wait to Oscar prediction, but okay. This, one, this, okay. One's, up, this one's up there. It's up there? It's, it's up, up there? there? All right. Yeah, okay. And uh, Matt, the other one I watched is I watched Marcel the Shell was shooting. <gasps> oh my God! I'm so excited now. Um, it was cute. It was. Oh, cute. come on, <laughs> man! Come on! I'm hyped this up. I hyped it up so much, and you just come back with it was cute. It was cute. It was fun. It it was. Listen, I wanted to go in cold with, so I didn't watch any of the YouTube stuff before I went to watch the movie. Because okay. the way the movie was pitched, I was like, oh, this must be like a, like a way to introduce you to maybe you can go back and rewatch the video. So I watched it with my son, Edward. We all sat down. Now, he loved it. He absolutely loved this movie. After we watched it, he went and watched all the YouTube videos. And hmm. like, he really he really connected to this character. I, okay. I thought it was cute. And I, I thought it was very, like, it was very introspective. It was just, for me, it was a little slow in the beginning. Mm. But... But I, but I did connect. It did. I did connect to the character. Like, I, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it more than I didn't. But I just, it, it took me a minute to get more invested than not. But then even afterwards, we both, we all watched the videos and stuff. After, I, it's, it's a cute, it's a cute movie. I could see, I yeah. can definitely see why it's nominated, because it is a heartwarming yeah. story. There was a really, there were some really sad parts. Like it does tug at your heartstrings. Yeah, absolutely. It kind of takes you all. It kind of does take you all over the place. It's not. It's not just one tone. It's kind of it. It does range a little bit. It does get emotional. Now the the question you know that was out there when we when the nominations came out, even before the nominations came out, do you consider it an animated film? No. Not, okay. Not, not even a little bit. Like it's definitely live action. Like it's a right, live and action that, film. Right, and it's because so, like the same argument can be said with literally. Like, I mean, well, the same argument can be said with Avatar, the, the Way of Water. That movie is almost fully animated. Um, but also, it's motion capture, so I guess it's not. But if you're giving it a pass to Marcel the Shell, then you're giving it a pass to any... Like, you're giving it a pass to Sonic, yeah. which has a, a animated character prominently in the film with live-action characters. But I don't know what deemed it as an animated feature. I, 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 that's, I agree with you. With, they're, mur- they're muddy in the waters with that one. Yeah, it's almost like well, we want to give it some accolades, but we can't, we're not going to give it best picture, so we're going to put it in the animated category. Yeah. But it must, it must, it has to hit a line somewhere that crosses the threshold of being animated. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, or like it, it fits the criteria of animation. But 
I, I'm very happy you you finally watched it. I know I was hyping this movie up. Um, if you're not excited for as me, that's fine. But I'm happy you at least you watched but it. But didn't you watch the? Isn't it something that you knew about beforehand? Like you watched the YouTube video? Like I I think this was a like a long time ago that I might have stumbled upon the video. Because there's only like two or three videos, right, on YouTube. Like that's all he ever did, yeah. and then and then years later he came out with the movie. Um, but I, uh, I, I, I think I've, I'm, I was familiar with this video, and I might have seen it. And then right before the movie, I had watched all three videos. Um, but honestly, what really captured me was the trailer. Like I was like, "What's this movie about? A shell and shoes on? That's just weird." It was. And then the and the trailer really you know captured the spirit of the film like this looks adorable i want to i want to know what this is about and then i did the prep i watched the youtube videos beforehand and megan knew about it because she's big into youtube and so she was also filling me in on a few things um and then we watched the movie and i was you know I was blown away by it. Uh, the, just how charming it was, and how innocent it was, and how heartwarming yes. it was, and it, it was just like a movie I I just I haven't seen like that in a while. Um, and it was like really different, really unique, and I it really I really connected with it. And now I'm happy to say that the the director is moving on. Now I don't know how this is gonna work, but the director is now moving on because this was his first. Like, this was, like, a passion project for him. So, like, mm-hmm. the fact that it was getting all the great success that it is, at least, like, awards-wise, at least is getting the nominations for it. Um, the director is now working on um, a live-action version of Lilo and Stitch. Mm-hmm. See? That's, that's, how, that's how they get you. That's what it yeah. takes, you know? He shows the dedication he put into this. Now, I can, now I can see what he put into this. If he can bring what he brought into this, into Lilo and Stitch... I have high hopes for Lilo and Stitch to do very well. I, yes, exactly. And I don't know what it is. Actually, news right before we recorded, there were news that Zach Galifianakis has been um, attached on to star, to star as a lead in the film. We just don't know what role it is. Stitch? I can see right, that. Right, that's, that's what I'm – the voice of Stitch. Yeah, yeah that, that's where totally my head was that. at. I can totally see that. Yeah. Uh, that, that's where my head was at, but the article deadline did not report what – that Galifianakis was what what the lead is, um, but it would make sense that it was the voice. It would be the voice of Stitch. That mm. like I think he can do it. Um, but yeah, like I mean he he's going on to the Disney grabbed him up really quickly, and the stop motion animation in that movie is also great. Like Marcel Shell looks fantastic. Yeah, you almost don't realize that it's stop motion. I mean that's mm-hmm. that's it's really well it's very it's very well put together. I will say yeah. that. it is a well put together film. Mhm, mhm. Um, but I'm happy you watched it. I, that that makes me happy. Yeah, it was cute. It had a cute, simple story. Um, but I, you know, it just more f- just focused on like it's almost like the innocence, like what the essence of an innocence of a child is, and like mm-hmm. what like the, a child, what a child thinking out loud would look like, trying to explore yeah. the world. And I also like in the film that it incorporated YouTube into the story. Yeah. It's like, I, hey, I want to use this platform to define my family. And then it, it, just like in real life, like the, the video has got was getting, you know, millions of views. And, you know, and for in the real world, like obviously we were inter- entertainment purposes, we enjoyed it. But for the movie's sake, 
you, you actually saw like the, the negative side of, of like social media and they explored that as well. And I thought that was really a fun way and an interesting way to bring what made the character so popular into the story and kind of flip it on its head. It's like, well, these people are not really helping me find their family. They're just saying, you know, thanks. And they're not really helping. You, you don't understand it. Um, and I thought that was another fun idea that they explored as well. So, yeah, a lot a lot to love about this movie. Yeah. Uh, now moving on to my regular stuff. Um, <laughs> Back to the regularly scheduled programming. Yeah, Non-Oscar shit. Uh, I actually started a new anime with my boys. We started watching, oh. I think, or maybe I've talked about it already. Um, it's called My Hero Academia. Oh, yeah, you talked about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, we're watching that. That's pretty good. Um Reservation Dogs. I I can see what you mean. Like it, it's it's okay. It it got yeah. it got old. It to me, it, I liked it at first, but it got to me. It's like it's getting old really fast. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard mm-hmm. for me to, to like stay connected. So yeah, I don't know. What I am really enjoying is Abbott Elementary this season. I think oh. like I'm watching. I'm week to week watching now. Like I'm wow. caught up watching it. It's it's okay. really it's really funny. Like. The, the the character of the principal, I think uh, Janelle James, I believe her name is. Mm-hmm. Um, let me get her name real quick. But uh, uh, her character, I, I don't know. Like, I re- yeah, Janelle James. Um, like, she's almost like the Michael Scott of the of the of the show because the formatting of the show is very similar to the office so she is is okay so she is like the michael scott character and at first i could but i felt the same way like i just didn't like him at first like it was kind of annoying but then like his like the stupid shit that he does like just starts to grow on you and i think Mm -hmm. that is the point where i'm at so she is i think she is elevating up to that to that to that height to what michael scott was for the office okay so i i do see the show starting to grow and do better like some of the storylines are developing we're seeing the jim and pam relationship pan out Mm. and i'm okay with some of the beats following following the office but in a in an elementary school format because the there that alone brings new jokes and environment it's a whole new environment but that same style of comedy so it is, right. it is this gen. I I could see I could see it being this generation's The Office. Inch, wow, that that's a lot of high praise there. But just say that I said could. That's it. There's a, could. There's a, there's a big <laughs> C on that could because it's doing yeah. well now. But it could, yeah. it could easily start going the other way. But it it's funny. It's funny. The storylines are there. The character the, they work very well together as an ensemble. Um, it it's it's worth the high praise and the accolades that it's getting. Mm, okay. Uh, I, again, it's a, a show that Megan's interested in, so I will. I'm that's on the docket for sure. I think I, I definitely think you guys should will enjoy it. You should. I think you should check it out. I'm, I'd be very mm-hmm. interested to see what you think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, I watched the movie. The I watched a, another movie this week. I watched. Oh, wow. the, I watched the menu on hbo max oh the menu yeah yeah, yeah 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 um it was good it was a little weird the plot was very weird. weird it was very absolutely strange. Uh-huh. It, i kind of wish we had gotten more i wish i would have seen more backstory from the chef of his connection to all these people instead of it being verbally told to us like mm-hmm. this is a movie like you couldn't have like we couldn't have gotten a voiceover of seeing all this shit i felt like that would have yeah. been i felt like that would have hit home a little bit more um yeah but it was fine. Uh, Anna Taylor Joyce character was 
it was fine. And then Nicholas Holt just kind of randomly vanished in the movie. Like, <laughs> yeah, just, a little he bit. He just yeah. fucking left. Like, he was a very pivotal, like, almost a main character, and he just left. But we never saw him <laughs> again. It's like, <laughs> all right. It was just, it was pretty random. But I, I, I get what they were doing. Like, maybe, like, escalating, like, how people feel in the in the service industry and how service industry workers get shit on by different yeah. factions of people. So I, I saw that aspect that they were trying to that they were trying to explore. It, it was it was fine. So it, it was it was good. I actually I mean I enjoyed it as as far as you know as far as any film was. I kind of I wish I would have gotten a little bit more resolution from the characters, but okay, yeah, it did kind of end pretty abruptly. In, yeah, in, in that way, yeah. She's on a boat eating a fucking cheeseburger. Like, that's the end of the movie. <laughs> spoiler. Spoiler uh, alert. <laughs> do, do you think, because there were a lot of, like, um, when the Oscar noms were out, a lot of people saying, hey, the menu should have been nominated for something. Do you agree with that? Maybe for editing or cinematography. I, I feel like there's... I feel, I'd have to rewatch it and kind of, like... But maybe I, I could see it maybe for that because it was it was put together really well, especially some mm-hmm. of the, the scenes when he's dishing out the menus and kind of just the way it was put together, like showcasing the, the way the men the like the what the course was. Like it was it was it was like it, it was very entertaining to watch. Yeah. Like I was captivated the entire way through. Yeah, I think I, I agree. I think the movie was put together very well. Um, I don't. I don't think. I kind of agree with the Academy in the sense that I don't think it should have been nominated for anything like that. The movie was good, but not like nomination good. But then again, you see some of the stuff that it was nominated for, and you're like, well, maybe we could have replaced that with maybe some of the menu stuff in there. Yeah. Uh, so like, there's an argument there. But yeah, I I, I really enjoyed. It. I saw it in theaters, um, and I I enjoyed the movie for what it was. Uh, and we, I am week to week watching The Last of Us. <gasps> Wild, <laughs> wild. That show is so good. Like it's oh, I was, so good. <laughs> okay, okay. So part of my what you're watching was uh, that I was I, I I watched and caught up with The Last of Us. So I was like, we haven't mentioned it yet. So like, I'm hoping that maybe he's getting into it. But I'm so happy that we're on the same page here. <laughs> it is, <laughs> it is incredible how well. Pedro Pascal, and actually, I want to get this actress's name. Um, uh, Bella Ramsey. She's she's incredible. Like they both, mm-hmm. I think they pair they pair very well together. I mean, Pedro Pascal just, I mean, he's in I his, mean, he's been he's in his niche. He's you know he's helping some kid find themselves <laughs> yeah. and travel across to safety. Like that's yeah, it. that's his that, shtick. <laughs> and he does it so well. He does it so well in any environment. <laughs> Okay, okay. I have a lot of questions right now. Okay, here we go. Right. First, have you played the game? Um, I've played some of the opening, and then I kind of stopped. But I do. Okay. I, I, I have a. I don't think I appreciated the show, the the game for what it was, and it's something I like. Uh, I really want to go back to. I want to go. Well, you know, once it's released. Oh well, I think part one is released for PS5. I think they're in the. I think they are going to release part two for PS5. No, I think part two is already out on PS5. They both are? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I'm not sure if I've ever explained the Last of Us story to you. I might have said it once or twice on here. I really don't remember, but I'm going to say it again. Okay. Um, 
I I was I was so Naughty Dog is the creator of The Last of Us, which is the creator of Uncharted. Mm-hmm. So when they created The Last of Us, I was like, ooh, Naughty Dog, I'm in. I'm gonna buy the shit out of this game, and I did. And then I played it when it came out back in 2013, and I got up to a point where, if anyone's familiar with the game, it told until they got to Pittsburgh, um, and then from there I just stopped cold turkey. I don't know why. I just lost interest. Um, I think part of it was the gameplay. Like I'm very particular in how I like to play games, mm. and and I feel like part of it was that it kept getting giving me anxiety because of how you play the game. You need to make sure you are going in every single place to grab all the things you need. You have to make your weapons, and then when the clickers are here, like I like I don't want to move because I don't I hate that when they kill you, it's so graphic. And I was like, God, it scares me. And I was like, God, shit. Um, and then, then like when I'm using all my resources, and then when I'm out, my only resource left is just to sneak away, and I can never do it. And it it, it pissed me off. And then I got to the point where like I can't play this game anymore. Then that was on the PS3. Fast forward to when I got the PS4. I bought the game again because I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I got, I didn't get even as far as I did the first time, and I stopped playing it. And so I, I, I came to the consensus that I can't play this game. Okay. So, so for years I said because James always told me, The Last of Us is amazing. You have to at least watch someone play it on YouTube, like play through the story. And I said that I can do. So for years I've been saying that, and I never got to it. But surprisingly, the story was has never been spoiled for me. Mm. So like I don't know much about where we are going in the in the in the series, let alone what happened in the game. Then now, so now we get to now. I was getting to the point that okay, episode one. Everyone was talking about The Last of Us. It was episode three when people were raving about The Last of Us, and then I'm like. I guess I need to, because I was going to wait to binge it when it was all over, but I was like, I guess I need to start watching the show now because yes. people are, <laughs> people are just like nonstop talking about it. And eventually it's going to get spoiled for me. So I got to, I got to get on it. So I, then I came to the point where like, should I watch someone play the game or should I watch the, just dive into the series? Like, how do I want to start my experience? I want to like know the Easter eggs going in or what have you. And I spoke to a few people who had played the game and I watched, like I read a couple of articles and they said, you're good to go to watch the series because it's like a cut for cut remake. Um, if you prefer to see, if you prefer your medium to be within the TV series, then do that. Um, and a lot of people are also saying that it takes, like the, the show does a really good job of taking out all the things that were important for a gameplay stand standpoint and they took that out and they made they're making a show that's perfect for television not for video games um and so now we get to here where i'm now watching it week to week this this is by far and i think i i and i think i'm pretty safe to say this this has been the best video game to screen adaptation to date period Mm -hmm. like Movie, TV show, doesn't matter. All of it doesn't matter. It it is absolutely incredible. It is so yes. good, and I think they do a really good job of like cut for cut, getting specific cutscenes that are iconic to the game, like making sure they're yeah. getting specific shots right. Like on Instagram and online, you see a bunch of them. Oh that yeah, are, that are like side by side comparisons from the game. Like even certain scenes, like. The scene where she's in the jeep, where she's in the jeep and she throws out the magazine, that's straight from yeah. the video game. Yeah. Also, the like the 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 first person view 
of like them in the car in the in the first episode and in the first part of the game when they're trying to escape the town when the outbreak is starting to happen. I remember that scene because I played it twice already, but I remember that scene like get navigating through that and your point of view and the show did exactly the same thing and I'm like yeah and that honestly when I saw the first episode it kind of assured me that I was like okay this is basically the same thing I'm gonna use this show as my medium. Um, to get to watch the story. And then eventually, I think I'll go and watch someone play the game to see the differences. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm using the show first to get to see the story. And I, I'm loving the behind the scenes stuff. Have you been watching that as well? Like at the end of the episode? Oh, no. Oh, that's right. They do do that. No, they, I'm gonna have to go back. Yeah, go back and watch them because they they talk about they they give reasons why they deviated from the game. Like in certain aspects, like in episode three, when we get that amazing episode with Nick Offerman. Really? Um, Oh, my God. And, you know, I'm you know, I heard like two sides saying that people were like, well, it was unnecessary because it was unrelated. And once I watched the episode, I was like, that couldn't have been further from the truth. Like they are directly related to the main characters and. And they actually set up. They give more detail into what they have and and why they're important and how they're related to the main characters. Like I, like I was like that couldn't have been further from the truth. It, it was but so, also, so well done. But it's also just like a different aspect of the of this like uh, post apocalyptic world that that they're that they're in. Like we see we can we see a beautiful love story in a world that's shit. Yeah. Like, like they're showing you that it can be done. This is honestly what the same feeling that you felt about The Walking Dead in the first couple of seasons. Like, they captured that and elevated it to to new heights because of now it's on it's on a cable network. You can do a lot more things on HBO. But, but still, it's just like it's so well done storytelling. Yeah. Like, even this last episode, episode five, with, with the two brothers – I was, I was like, we've only, we were only so far, we've only seen them in two episodes, but like, they they did such a good job of capturing that story, even with Nick Offerman and 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 his, I guess I guess it will be his husband or boyfriend, whatever you call it, but his lover. Um, like we were so invested into characters we only have seen and met and on, only will see in one episode. Like shows can't, a lot of shows can't do that. Yeah, to they give can't us do a that sta- in seasons. They can't right. get us to care about characters. They got us to get invested in these two characters. I would say it took me maybe about maybe I spent once about we spent about five minutes of them together. Like I was once I saw Nick Offerman, like I was pretty invested in him. And I but yeah, I think same. I just but I just connected with I I mean I think he's a great actor. So and I, and I love mm-hmm. like most of the things he does. So a lot of I mean yes that helped too. But even with the the guy who played his boyfriend or his his lover. Like I thought their chemistry, I thought they paired really well together. And and that guy was in the White Lotus. He was the um... yes, he was yeah the yes he, the, the first the first one. season. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. And he was great in that season too. He I really liked him in that one. Um, and but you said you're caught up, right? So you've seen the last two episodes when they get to Kansas City, right? Oh yes, oh yes, yeah. And even even that, like they made us care about these characters in for a episode. short amount of time in one episode. It's just like it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful storytelling. I look forward to this show every week. Like now, I feel bad that I I wasn't. Now, well, there's two things. One, I should have been watching this week to week in the first place, and then two, I it sucks that I'm caught up. Yeah, I know. Because I want I want more. <laughs> um, 
but I'm so happy that you started the show because now we're on the same page on this, and I'm very looking forward to seeing the last three episodes that's left. Episode six, seven, no, oh. four. Sorry, six, six, seven, eight, and nine. We have four more left. Yeah. Oh, so I guess it, well, every week because I, I don't, I don't see us missing a week because it's that, it's no. just that good. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And then the uh, my other news favorite show that I'm watching week to week is Shrinking with Jason Siegel oh, and Harry. Yeah, you mentioned Ford. that last week. Yeah. Um, I think it's hilarious. Like I've been, I, I, I had another episode actually as we're recording this on Friday this the 17th a new episode literally just dropped today so now i've got a new episode for me to watch um that i'm excited to watch it's i look forward to it every week i just think it's so funny i think it's a really deep deep approach into looking at like how we are all like flawed human beings that's kind of what i'm that's Mm. kind of the vibe that i'm getting from it and like how like we all work together to figure it out it's it's really well done. Like it's kind of heartfelt. It's kind of it's very Ted Lasso for me. Oh, that that's good comparison. Speaking of which, you saw that we got a release date, yep. March fifteenth. I didn't see the trailer. I already know. I like I'm already excited for it. I don't need to see anything. Yeah. I I saw the Believe trailer where they you know they all wrote Believe on the thing. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And they, yeah, I'm uh, I'm really excited. I can't wait. Uh, and and speaking what you're saying about shrinking, that would be a nice transition to when that show is done. You can dive in into Ted Lasso right afterward. Very true. Yeah. Um, and that's all I got this week. I know you, it was you're, a lot. You're not kidding. You, you're not kidding me. That was a lot of content. I, gotta, I stacked it up for you. You know. There you go. I appreciate it. Um, well, Megan was in town, so not a lot of watching was happening. We were okay. kind of busy doing a whole bunch of different things, but we did manage to get a few things in one of the, well, I was watching the last of us on my own. She's not watching that show. Um, <laughs> she's, she's tripping. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Um, but I, 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 we dived into some of the rom-com stuff of oh. the offerings. And the first one I want to talk about is shotgun wedding with Josh Dumel. And Jennifer Lopez. Uh huh. Is awful. <laughs> just what I, I don't I don't know what else awful. you expected. <laughs> it was awful. I and I don't want to <laughs> I want to read you this, Ernesto. Okay. Okay. I halfway through the movie, right? Megan and I are sitting in the couch. I got a, I got a text message from Megan who's sitting right next to me <laughs> on the couch, and she says. Box office bingers Megan's review. And I said, okay. <laughs> She's so funny. What? This is what she said. This is quote, right? This movie sucks. <laughs> Save your time. It's messing. It's messy. Rating two out of ten. That that's her Damn. rating. And then and then when the movie was over, we, we continued this conversation, and then she said this, which had me dying. And she goes, one star, so she gave it two out of ten stars, I guess. One star is for Josh Jumel. She likes Josh Jumel. Ah, okay. I like him, too. Yeah, he's good. The other star was for Jennifer Lopez's ass. Because... <laughs> Damn. Not, that's it? <laughs> that's it? Not, not for nothing, though, but there was a scene... Where her ass was on full display, and I'm not, I'm not. It was, it was good to look at. So, Megan saw it. I saw it. We were enjoying what was on the screen, but that was it. None of the, none of the movie, none of the rest of the movie. It was, wow. It was rough. It was rough. There, there was a point. I think we had like 
30 minutes left and i was like i paused it's like you want to stop this are we good and she goes no we got to see it through and i said all right, all right here we go we're finishing we're, it we're in it <laughs> we're in it um and the ending was just a train wreck i mean wow this movie was just not it was it was just like <laughs> this is it's it's trying to give a movie a benefit of the doubt but it's hard it's just like it, this didn't feel like a movie it just felt like we were just having a good time, and then there's explosions, and then it was it's like Josh Josh Dumel and Jennifer Lopez are about to do their wedding, and and like her father's wealthy, and all of a sudden people come in and hijack it, and they're taking people prisoner and kidnapping them, and and then Jennifer Lopez and Josh Dumel are grabbing guns, and oh. and you, you see where I'm going with this? Yeah. This is not not good, not good time. Sorry, man. not a good time. It's okay, but we saw it. Another movie that we saw, uh, Shaka Wedding, by the way, was on Amazon Prime. The other movie we saw on Amazon Prime was actually a movie that we considered in our new to streaming roulette that we did last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a movie called Somebody I Used to Know, mm. starring Allison Brie. And it, it was the directorial debut of Dave Franco. Uh, and I will say, not bad. Okay. Not a bad movie. I was actually, I was probably way, I was really into it. It was Allison Brie, uh, who is a TV producer, and she's coming off of one of the seasons that of her show, and her show got canceled. And so then she goes home to to be with her mother, just kind of just unwind a little bit, and just to, you know just catch up. She just hasn't seen her mother in a while. She runs into her old boyfriend, and they start reconnecting um, while she's there. And then she finds out that her boyfriend's getting married in a couple of days. Mm. And so that's when things start being a little muddled. And then now the boyfriend, or I guess is now the like the ex-boyfriend is now considering, do I even want to get married? So then she goes down a dangerous path of like, I'm going to sabotage this wedding. And it this isn't like a straight comedy. This is more like in a, in a drama angle with like, you know, with like light comedy in it. Um, and they went down some interesting avenues of like, you know, long-term relationships and forming new ones and, you know, like things coming from the past and like kind of still holding you after all these years. I was actually pretty entertained by it. I thought it was a pretty well done movie, especially for the first being for, um, uh, for Dave Franco. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he also maybe wrote it with Alison Brie, which I think they're a couple, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, which, which makes sense. I think I think they're together, but yeah, I think yeah, Dave Franco and Allison Brie wrote the screenplay, and then Dave Franco directed it, and Allison Brie started it. So mm. yeah, I was I was on board with with this movie. I was actually pretty pretty entertained by it. So well, like a solid comedy romance. Yeah, it sounds like they were each invested <clears throat> into this project. So and I, I think, think that helps with it too. You can yeah. definitely feel that this was like a maybe a passion project for them. Yeah. Um, on the on the other end of the spectrum of rom coms, we saw the Netflix the nef, new Netflix film uh, Your Place or Mine uh, that stars Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon. Mm. Eh. <laughs> it, it was like one of the, like it's, it's not like an awful movie. It was just fine. It's like a movie you know exactly what it's gonna happen. There's it's 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 like it's like comfort food. 
Mm. Like you know, you know the actors, you know the story, you know the story as soon as you start it. As soon as you hit play, you you you're like, oh, I've watched the whole movie already. I know. Yeah, I know exactly. It's it's basically Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon are uh they've been they they hooked up once when they first met, and then after that they've been friends for the last twenty years, and one of them lives in New York. And the other one lives in L.A. And uh, Reese Witherspoon needed to do something in New York for some reason. And uh, and she has a kid. And she, she was all ready to go. And she was going to visit Ashton Kutcher in New York and all that stuff. They haven't seen each other in a while. And then all of a sudden, her plans fall through. And she doesn't have anyone look after her kid. So he has the brilliant idea of, like, why don't you come to New York to my place and still do what you need to do. And I'll fly over to LA to look after your kid. And that is your place or mine. That's mm-hmm. kind of the, they're swapping lives or like environments for a week. And I can only, you know, you, you know where this goes, Ernesto. Yeah. Our, our two leads discover something they didn't discover before. And, you know, love happens and okay. you get your comedy romance. Oh, oh and I do, um, I do have before, before we, after you finish yours, I have one more that I forgot to mention. One more, okay. Um, but yeah, that, but I am done though. But that, those are the few things that we did watch. Well, I didn't mean to cut. Uh, you, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I didn't. No, but I was, I was literally right at the end. I was like <laughs> oh, okay. really right there. I was right there. Um, but yeah, that, that's, uh, that it was just fine. It's like it's, it's comfort food for people who like that shit. I. Oh. The only other thing that we watched was we started. We watched the first episode of You on Netflix. Oh, of the new season. It's good. It's actually. Is it good? good? I was okay. Skeptical. I was skeptical. Um, okay. They, you know, a long time ago when I had when I voiced my concerns, I feel like they yeah. they sat down. Penn Bagley, who's now a producer on the show, I'm oh. sure he listened. I think he listened to what I had to say. I'm sure. But uh, they're taking it in a in a new direction. They 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 set up for it's not the it's not the same thing. As season one, two, and three, so it's okay. A, it's, a, it's a fresh view into this world, so I'm excited because I mean we we know we're coming up on the end, and that's what's nice. Yeah. It's like knowing that hey, we're at the end of this really long ass movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Do you know if this is the final season? I don't know if they said that or not. I mean, they're doing a part one and part two. I would assume. I guess you know. I guess I'm assuming. I don't know if they've ever said this was the. Fi- it would make sense. I agree with you. I think it would make sense that this would be the end of it because it's you know four seasons a good run it's a two-parter um i don't know if i don't i wonder if there weren't i wonder if they're if this is the end or if they're looking for a season five i think um i I don't know it seems like it might be that there's no there's nothing saying that it is and nothing saying that it's not okay so maybe maybe it's one of those things we might find out after in, in like in a few weeks <laughs> you already know see you already know oh boy i hope they don't i hope they don't just try to wait to, to drag this out because then i'm just not going to be yeah. interested anymore uh yeah i know that so i think part one is already out and then part two comes out in i think march 9th yeah. i think part two is released yeah so uh when megan returns because uh, she's off again, you know she likes to travel and yeah. work, and and she leaves me, and then she comes back. Um, <laughs> but she she's off again, and so by the time she comes back, both parts will be out, 
and uh, we're gonna just binge it all from there. So I got that that that's a we show. That's not mm. a me show. Mm. So we got I gotta wait on that one. Okay. Um, but yeah, I I, I mean I'm, I'm happy to hear that it's the first it's episode at least was good. At I least that's a, that's 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 good to know. Yeah. And that is all, um, that is all I got. So I think okay, that's all you got. Yes, that's all I got. So let's dive in to our spoiler review of the week, which is Netflix's You People, directed by Kenya Barris. I'm sorry, yeah, Kenya Barris, and written by Kenya Barris and Jonah Hill. Ernesto, your thoughts on the film? So the first time, I mean, I don't remember if I told you, but I, I actually thought it was really funny. I, a lot of the jokes landed. Like, that. I thought it was pretty funny. A lot of the moments really hit for me. It was the second time that I watched oh. it that I feel like, I didn't. I feel like maybe I didn't enjoy it as much, especially learning that. Well, and this is kind of jumping right to the end of the film, but that the kiss that they shared at the end was completely fake. It was CGI. I, I did read that. That's odd. Yeah. So Andrew Schultz, who who played Jonah Hill's friend in the movie, he revealed on his podcast, um, and I have the article pulled here. This is. Uh, um, this is from ET Canada. Um, okay. Um, that it was CGI. He revealed he revealed it on an episode of his podcast. He goes, when they did it, they just kind of stopped, and he was like, oh, maybe they were gonna cut it out. Um, maybe they were gonna cut before they kissed. He goes, no, but the kiss that they showed was completely fake. That he goes, that did not happen. Because I guess so they, what... I don't know. I, like, did they have weird chemistry? It was very. Well, that's very the, yeah. I'm about to say, like, why why do that? Like, you know. To your point, like, did, were they not having, were they, you know, not happy with each other on screen? Did they really don't want to share a kiss? I mean, there were other kisses <laughs> in yes, the movie. Exactly. So, so are all of uh, them fake? Right. That's just weird. Or maybe they, this is to the point of the filming where maybe they just weren't, you know, they're like, I'm not, we're not doing this. It's like, be professional about it if that was the case. But um, that is really weird. Yeah. Um. But other than that, I mean, I thought it was funny. I thought it was, you know, you know, I felt, I felt a little jab towards us because, you know, Jonah Hill's running a podcast. And I was like, yeah, we're running. We, we have a podcast, too. Like, <laughs> what's wrong? What's, what's, what's wrong with that? Like, <laughs> you know, even though even though at the end of the movie, he was like, you know, he's in like a professional studio and shit. Like, you know. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I thought it was good. I thought the, the, the dynamic between him and his friend was good. I love that both of their families were just dynamically like on the total opposite and like stereotypically on the opposite end of the mm-hmm. spectrum, obviously on purpose. And it, uh, it, it, like I was here for the one liner setups. Like it very much reminded me of Jonah Hill back in super bad, you know, yes, you get that awkward meeting with them in the car. And then it's like those constant back one, uh, back and forth. And even, even just like a super bad, he had, this girl who he liked, who he would make like awkward jokes to, that the girl would laugh at. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like the exact same thing. <laughs> I I actually found this to be uh, this movie. I only saw it once, but I found it to be really funny. Yeah. I I thought like even like right out of the gate was. I mean, we started with the podcast. I'm like, oh, we got one of them. Yeah. I, okay. Like I was already in, I was already hooked with that element of it. Um, and I thought like after like when they were at the uh, I, I, whatever Jewish function that they were at. Um, oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, was like the very church, beginning. They were, like, they were at uh, like their church. They were their, like a church service. Yeah, service, yeah, yeah. And uh, um, Julia uh, Louis Dreyfus was. She was like, 
where's your yarmulke? And they went back and forth on it, and they were making fun of the shoes and his appearance, and it's like, yeah, I get it, man. I like, <laughs> like it's it's just it's just family shit, right? Yeah. And then and then it gets to the point where like he's talking to his, I guess his uh, what was it? His old um. I guess a doctor. Oh yeah. And, and and there was like, hey, how is your is, is your penis okay? Is it is it, was it circumcision all right? And it's like that's a weird question to ask. And he was like, you know, I can go in the bathroom real quick and check it out for you. And then I think he said, I'll do it for free. And then he goes, the the pr- it's not the price I was concerned about. <laughs> that was that was not the concern. <laughs> and, and then he. <laughs> And then he talked to his mother and was like, "And did, like, did you hear what you said? Oh yeah, no, he's in real trouble. <laughs> he's, like, he's he's getting in trouble about that. We know about it. It's fine. It's just yeah. him. Um, that to, like that out to me was a great start. And especially when when uh, like what's her name? I I don't want to. Uh, Laura Laura Lauren London. When when they you know for, they're forming their relationship and she meets his parents first and like the conversations are so awkward yeah but but it turns into great comedy and it done so well by julia uh um, julia lewis dreyfus and eddie murphy playing those roles of being like that at not not the awkward parent but like I am a parent that is proud of what I am and who I am and my culture, and I don't see it any other way. And that clash is just great comedy, especially from those two actors. What, and even more so, like a scene that I think it was done really masterfully, like out of the whole film, that they played, that they were able to, they were able to take these very serious conversations and turned it into a comedy scene. The dinner mm, scene mm-hmm. where both of the families yes. meeting, I mean, they're talking about Farrakhan, who was a known anti-Semite, which was like like a joke in itself. Like the fact that his kufi was blessed by this big, <laughs> this guy who's known to be an anti-Semite and he's meeting yeah. his parents who are Jewish. I mean, like that in itself, the joke it wrote itself at that point, you know, and right. she even mentions it at the table. And then like, couldn't like the fact that they wrote, he wrote, they wrote their parents to be Jewish. So that you get the dynamic of the struggle that the Jewish people had as the struggle that black people have, like what an awkward conversation for people to have to like compare struggles and things like that. It's like, like the fact that they were able to play that off and the movie still pass that along. There's something to be said there. Yeah, and you make a good point. Even to the joke that followed in when they were comparing the Holocaust to slavery, yeah, it's like, and well. like that was <laughs> <laughs> well, and then even so, Nia Long was like, "Oh, uh, honey, can you go grab my slave receipts in my purse, please?" It's like, it's like, oh, get my slave receipts. <laughs> like oh my god it just got real but there, you um, know, even when they bring up like things that um that that um like you don't even think about when they're planning a wedding she's like oh like old hollywood they're like oh i love old hollywood like the dress right and the time he's like oh do you mean when uh black people would perform and they couldn't even stay at the hotels they were performing at she's like that's an excellent point it's like well, that is an excellent point. Like, sh- yeah. Like, do we? Do, is this something that us as a family want to glorify? And you know, but at least they were to showcase that the families weren't at each other's throat because that in itself could have been its own story. Like, right. They, it was very much of like them like finding. I felt like in the end, like 
throughout the whole movie they were still like trying to find a middle ground even if they were fighting their own battles with the mom trying to understand the daughter and then eddie murphy like hating like not even accepting wanting to accept jonah hill like like him yeah. like him cutting him out from the big even though they were still battling that they still were going through the motions and leaving they were never like trying to force their kids to not see each other like they were still gonna they were still in the end it, throughout the entire film their parents they what was nice is that they all still have supported each other throughout the entire film well uh in in a way, yes. I feel like with Ju- uh, Julia Le- Louis Dreyfus, she was being, I guess, naive to her actions. Not where even I feel ignorant, like, yeah, and and even ignorant, right? And I feel like Eddie Murphy was being intentional with his actions, and he he even said it, even to the point in the basketball scene, <laughs> which was another. To me, that was one of my favorite moments in the that movie. Was a, that was a good scene. Where, uh, what was it? He said, that when, when he puts him out on the court and was like, you filming this? He's like, yeah, kinda. And he goes, you don't have to. He's like, I know, I'm just doing this for me. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> to me, that was just a great exchange. And then he goes and he just like kills it on the court. And you see Eddie Murphy's like, maybe, uh, oh, this is not what I wanted to, uh, shit. He's like, oh, oh, did uh, you, oh, did you get that? Did you get that? Oh, you yeah, gotta did, get, did he, you gotta give me these guys' numbers. These guys are wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that that was such a great scene but like you can see it like he was even when they went to go to his bachelor party like he was he wasn't doing anything or, or even when he when he took him to the barber shop and he was wearing red like take that color off it's like what are you doing it's like oh you're gonna let them you're gonna let them punk you out it's like oh, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna leave it on like i kind of wanted to see how the rest i would love to see how the rest of that scene had but, play, would have yeah. played out I thought it was a little too quick. I agree, because then went instantly to the basketball scene after that. Um, but yeah, even even like at the uh, um, at the bachelor party where they like Eddie Murphy didn't do anything to sabotage it. He was just kind of his presence was there. That was enough, to, and and that was enough, right? And then to the point where he's like, "Oh, I'd never done cocaine." It's like this is the cocaine guy. That's why we call them that. And then, it's like, like, I love that edible arrangement you sent me. It was beautiful. Here, cocaine for you. He just throws him a bag of cocaine. <laughs> and like, props on Jonah Hill because like when shit was in the fan and his like his just like quiet like face acting and just reactions but not saying anything was was pretty funny like he really nailed it uh compared to when like all the chaos was happening he's just kind of sitting there he's like oh my god um that was funny but and but then we get like this this moment at the like toward the end of the movie where they confront like uh, uh lauren jordan confronts the mother jonah hill confronts eddie murphy and to, to the point where it called off the wedding. I feel like the ending, it didn't land for me as much that they got back together and they had a surprise wedding and then the movie was over. Yeah. And he was in like sweatpants and he had a boot and nail. <laughs> and I was like, what the f-? like you couldn't, yeah, you got them back together, but you couldn't give them the respect of like giving them a real wedding. Like what? I don't, that yeah. was, I, I agree with you. And then now learning that that wedding, like, like it almost sounds like they rushed the ending. Like, Hey, we're out of money and we got to write this shit. So we got like two scenes left. We got to get yeah. him married. And we got to get him back together. So let's put it together. <laughs> it's like, damn, Eddie Murphy's not going to have time to change. Ah, fuck it. Just put him in, put him in a nice <laughs> hoodie and then put a boutonniere on him. He'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing all right. He's yeah. doing all right. Um, 
But I think for 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 Kenya Barris, who has been obviously doing some great work with Blackish and Gronish, to have a movie like this that's kind of similar in the in the vibe of those two shows, I think for his first movie, it was pretty good. Yeah, I agree. I no, I agree. I just didn't enjoy it as much the second time around, and maybe I just. Like maybe it was too soon for me to watch it, like because sure. I already knew all the jokes that were coming. But the first time around, I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, like and... the spa scene when she thinks that, <laughs> when she thinks that the lady's being racist towards her, and she tries to oh, like just yeah. talk for her and intervene, and it, she just instantly gets shut down because she realizes she was wrong. I mean, that that was priceless. That was priceless. Yeah, because it, it's almost like she was trying too hard that's the vibe I yes got from her. it yes. wasn't even like they was ignorant is that she just wanted like i when she was explaining herself at the end i completely felt that like i felt that she was real like she just wanted she wanted to understand her but she was just going about it in a very ignorant way yeah and not, not a great way yeah, yeah definitely not um i thought the first time that jonah hill met the parents was also a great scene like <laughs> the first thing he says what is it it says uh um do you often come and hang out in the hood all the time, or do you co- or you just come over here for our food and women? <laughs> How do you respond to that? <laughs> Your mom's like, valid question. I was like, damn. <laughs> damn. <laughs> damn, Neil Long. Shit. <laughs> I was like, like, what, what do you, like, you could, you could generally like their, like the food that happens to be in a pro- predominantly black neighborhood. You can do that. Yeah. Um, but I just like the way like you, there's no there's no way around that question. It's just like because if you don't if you say no I don't do that then it's like oh so you, so how you found my daughter was just a fluke then you yeah. just came here on a whim yeah um, and also just like on the other side when when she met his parents you have the like the conversation of like I just want to say Black Lives Matter I fully support it and she's like what what are you doing and then he pulled her aside he's like he's like what do you what you don't you're not gonna have these conversations with your friends like have them all the time. Like, police Brutato, you have... we talked the shit out of Police Brutato. We love talking about it. <laughs> like, you you have conversations all the time. All the time. Uh, and then they cut over and the dad's playing the piano. It's like, I love Exhibit. <laughs> <laughs> X to the Z. <laughs> his, he was just so his... random. And then he's, his speech is like, giving Exhibit's like... Like life history, like he just wants to bring Exhibit back. Like it almost would have been a beneficial if Exhibit would have shown up. Like it's just shut up, yeah. He's like if he was there to buy, because it was at that shoe store. It's like if he was there to buy a pair of shoes, and he's like Exhibit, you're here. X yeah. to the Z. <laughs> and also just sort of like just these like little random moments where like they're in the plane, the Bachelor uh, on the way to Vegas. And he sits down, and he's like, he said something to um, his podcast partner, and he said, "What up?" He's like, basically referencing her to to a male, and she goes, "Hi, my name is Mo, and I have titties." <laughs> <laughs> That's such a random line to say, but he was like, "Oh, oh, shit, okay, all right, my bad." <laughs> it's just like some of these random lines that just like just work. I don't know why. Um, and also, fun fact, when Eddie Murphy left the seat, like, in the plane, the director was the one who came back. He sat in the seat that when, when Eddie Murphy left. And and they were having a conversation, and he said the lines, like, I know that. And something along those lines. I forgot what it was. But it was the director who sat in that chair, basically, and had that line. Oh. Why? Well, he, he is also an actor. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's... I think he wasn't... 
he was in a few of maybe the shows. And I think he actually started another show that only lasted one season that was under the same vein of, like, all the other shows that he was doing. Um, and I want to say it was called... Um, uh, oh, yeah, he played an well, airplane passenger in You People. And yeah. Intergalactic, he was a moderator. Hell of a week of with Charlemagne the the God, I think that's a podcast though. Uh, Blackish, uh, he played a, a salesman and a grown baby coach. He did three episodes. Black AF and a boy yeah, and girl ha- in a dream. Yeah, hashtag Black AF was a show that he created in 2020. Only lasted one season, and he was the creator and the star of the show. Mm. And he actually played himself. That I'm now reading. And it's Rashida Jones. And wow. it's Rashida Jones as his, as his wife, and he was playing himself. So, that's interesting. Oh, no, sorry, that, w- that was on Netflix. That lasted yeah. for one season on Netflix, yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, yeah, I guess he is an actor as well. Um, but, yeah, uh, yeah, so, anyway, fun fact, that was him on the plane. But, yeah, uh, overall, what are your final thoughts? Uh, I enjoyed it. I think it's a good comedy. I mean, obviously, me and my wife are um, interracial couple so we related to it and like a lot of times we looked over each other i was like aren't you glad that our families weren't crazy and and Mm. nothing and nothing like this (laughs) and yeah like it it, it was a it was an eye-opening experience i was like god it could have (laughs) been like this could have been really really bad but uh thankfully it wasn't but like i mean there was a lot of little great moments like the time with him in the car when uh the Jay-Z song comes out, and he's like... Yo! Yes! He's like, it's provocative. It gets the people going. He's like, what? What? You like this? What's the what's the name of this? Like, I think it's... Uh, what's the name of the song? Friends in, Friends in Paris? Like, if we all would be here, we would be 75% correct. He's like, I'm not getting the math on that one. He was like, um, mid- Midnight in Paris? Mid- midnight? Yeah, I think that's what it is. <laughs> that was hilarious. That, that was, was another good. funny scene. That was good. Yes. Um, but uh, but yeah. Anyway, with with your final thoughts. I mean, it was good. I thought it was a it was a good, enjoyable comedy. It was really, really funny. A lot of good. There was a lot of little great moments that they set up, and kind of I it did, it just hit me as we were talking about it, like how pivotal that um that table scene is like that can be Mm -hmm. that can be construed in so many different ways and like just the fact that they were able to have that conversation itself like that should be something there's something to be said in that that two people from completely different walks of earth were able to have talk about something that's extremely uncomfortable and both of them were yeah they got mad at each other but and, and it escalated but they were they were still having a conversation yeah and also for them to literally comparing like one of the worst things that happened to black people one of the worst things that happens to jewish people and you're trying to duke it out like who had it worse is like like, i mean that's not a conversation anyone should be having um but it was obviously it was used to comedic effect but i mean i thought the whole scene was done very well even from the start of it when they first were sitting on the couch before the dinner yeah like it was it was a good setup for that payoff absolutely um yeah um but it kind of similar in a way to you i obviously i'm not uh my Megan and I are not biracial, but I I grew up in that environment where my grandfather's black, my stepdad's black, my stepbrothers are black, like and and we see it and I feel and like just because I'm associated with it, a lot of the jokes and what they were kind of explaining 
I've not maybe not personally dealt with it, but I've been around it a lot. And so like a lot of the jokes that they were saying, it's it's uh, it, it, it for comedic effect. It worked, but also it's it's true. It's all out there. Yeah. Like, you know, even the racism that's, that, that's even happening. Um, but just a lot of like the 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 culture clash that's that's there. Like I see it, you know, every time I go visit my parents. Um, and so you just kind of see it out there. And so like. I was able to relate a little bit with this movie as well, just like experiencing culture clash. And like yeah. even myself, I'm like, yeah, my, my stepdad's black and my grandfather's black, and then but my dad is is Hispanic. And so I have all that <laughs> that didn't even dive into the movie yeah. um, as well. So like, yeah, I, I can I'm I'm kind of <laughs> I'm a melting pot, so to speak. Um but yeah, like I was able to relate to that a lot. And also it added to the fact that it was actually genuinely funny. Like there wasn't a lot of awkward moments. I feel like this was a great role for Eddie Murphy, and, and I think, Hill. and Jonah Hill. I think I think acting wise, all did a great job. Um, I feel like a standout was like the the roles that Eddie Murphy and uh, Julia uh, Louis Dreyfus had. Yeah, I think they did. I think they did their roles really well because that was a, the, the pivotal moments of like. It was really between those two and then Jonah Hill and Laura London. Yeah, like those are relationships they were having with you know their parents. And then obviously having that moment at the end where they were confronted, they confronted like their, their biggest annoyance was like Jonah Hill to Eddie Murphy's like, you never liked me from the start. Like, and how am I ever going to impress you? And then, uh, Laura London saying like, I'm not a toy you can play with. I'm not like your token black person. You can parade around to all your friends. Um, which, and so then like those comments really resonated with them and like obviously got to a point where they can find peace um and like an understanding and i feel like that's also a big thing too like being exposed to all these different culture clashes a lot of people are like you said they're, they're like especially with uh um uh julia Luce's dreyfus character where she is ignorant because she doesn't know and it's like just because you watch a documentary doesn't mean you know the culture yeah or just because you read something you don't know the culture you really have to experience it and I mean, I, I see that with my everyday life as well. Like you, you really got to experience it to really understand what either people are going through or understanding like their struggles or just the culture in general, all, all the good and the bad to really have some respect to other people's opinions and their viewpoints. Absolutely. And, and I think that they did a good job kind of in a, in a comedic way, kind of showcasing that. Yeah, agreed. Um, but yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like one of the funnier comedies I've seen in a while as well. Like this kind of goes up there to when we reviewed um, Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. Oh, yeah. Like it was, yeah, I it was very in that same in that same area. In the same like comedic area. I thought that like like that was the last time I saw like a comedy that I was like, oh, this is actually generally funny, and it had a little bit of a message uh, on top of that as well. I'd put this um, one other... above it a little bit, but yeah, I agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but anyway, there you go. That's our spoiler review on You People. You can currently stream it on Netflix. Uh, I think we give it a thumbs up. I thought yeah. it, was a, it was a fun watch for sure. Um, but Ernesto, tell our lovely listeners now what they can look forward to for next week's episode. I think I think the best way to describe next week, I think, is a turning point for the Marvel Universe. Hmm. Turning That's, point. Because, I mean, I just, it's just, things are just so up in the air with the superhero movie genre in general. Like, 
are we getting superhero fatigue or are we getting mm-hmm. marvel fatigue because the excitement is all is a, a lot pointing at dc right now but marvel yeah. i mean they're they're pitting and the, i'm sorry for those if i haven't explained it we are reviewing uh ant-man uh quantum mania next week starring paul rudd evangeline lily uh and of course jonathan majors like, mm-hmm. coming into his role as kang the conqueror um you know they've marketed as like it's this phase's civil war it's like it's like why are you putting so much emphasis just let the movie speak for itself like let the movie tell you like when you overhype it like this you're almost like setting yourself up for failure like you're almost it's almost like you're afraid that we're not gonna like it yeah and and that's a really good point now I'm I'm not going to further expand on that because I have seen the movie, so I feel like I'm doing very dangerous waters here. But I will say, so we'll leave it. We'll leave that part. We'll, of that. But we'll leave that part at that. I but I will say that I'm extremely excited to talk about this movie with you next week because I will agree to this. Yes, I do agree with you. What you're saying was that this is acting as a turning point for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Are we getting fatigued? Is this the 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 moment that some fans have been waiting for of like, this is the movie that's going to set off phase five and like the true purpose of what this MCU is going to do moving forward. Or are people are just getting like, look, man, we sat through a whole phase and not much happened in it. Like a whole phase four. And a lot of people are like signing off from, from the Marvel cinematic universe. I mean, we're, we're sticking here gunning home and I love the Marvel cinematic universe, but yeah, I mean, they've been striking. There's been a few hits and more misses lately. Mm-hmm. And we're going to discuss next week if Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is that hit or is that miss. Mm. And we also have a few guests on to this show. One, yeah. you're all too familiar with, Sonic Adange will be returning. Because we last had her on to talk about uh, um, the uh, Thor Love and Thunder. That's right. And But we're also having her husband on the show. Steven. Yeah. Steven O'Connor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steven who's, O'Connor. Who's the real who's the real <laughs> comic from what I understand is a real comic book fan. She is she is a byproduct fan yes. because of him. So I think it'll be nice to hear it. We'll, like we'll finally get to hear his perspective. Yes. Him. So I'm yeah, very and, excited and sh- to talk to him next week. And we've been talking about this for a while. I guess you know, so, you know really it's hard to get all the schedules lined up, and I feel like I feel like it's happening now. Yeah. I feel like we finally get a chance to have him on the show and really get those nerd juices flowing. And that's that's always a great time, Ernesto, that we have some nerd talk. It's been a while because yeah. there's been a lot of Oscars lately. And I'm like, all right, let's dive it back in to nerd talk. I'm like, I'm excited for it. Um, he knows. So he sure knows his. And he knows it. And from what I understand, he knows his stuff. We've already been yeah. privy to a pre-conversation about <laughs> his worry for Kang the Conqueror, and he was like yeah. bringing up stuff like straight from the comics, like bringing up Iron Lad, like different ver- like mm-hmm. understanding the different versions of Kang. It's like you know, hey, I, I okay, I see you. Yeah, I see. I think. I see what you're doing. He's, he's ready. He's ready. I'm yeah. ready too. So I'm I'm very much I'm very much excited. Whether I mean whether it's good or bad, I think we're gonna have a good time. The I think we're gonna have a good convers. There's gonna be a good conversation about the superhero film genre moving forward. I feel like we. Oh have a, yeah. I feel like we're gonna have a good. I feel like there's gonna be a good conversation just based on the whole genre itself and where we are now and how how different things are now. Like we're we're entering a new world of of superhero genre, I feel like we're opening up to 
to the next level of what it's of what's going to happen. Like I mean, yeah. like, Marvel finally has equal competition. Now, especially with DC and the announcements and all that stuff, yeah, they got to start look. They have to actually start looking at DC's ways. Like, wait a minute, what are they doing? Oh, hold up. <laughs> if you haven't seen James Gunn's announcement, he is he is changing the game. He is he is he is reinvigorating the superhero genre, and I think for the better. And not only for himself in DC, but I think he's going to give Marvel the competition that they needed to want to step up their game. Exactly. I think that's that's the most important thing there. Um, but yeah, like I said, I did watch the movie last night. I'm going to try to watch it again. I oh. feel like I, I, I kind of want to watch it again. I feel like upon a, it's one of those situations that I feel like upon a, sef, a second viewing, it might change my opinion or or further double down on my opinion. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> we'll see. <clears throat> I would like a second viewing. Hopefully I can get there. But if not, you know. We are going to be talking about it regardless. So come back next week for all of that movie fun. You're not going to want to miss that. If you want more from us in the meantime, you can go find us on our social media channels on Instagram at box office underscore bingers and our Facebook and TikTok page at box office bingers. It's a lot of fun over there when you're not listening to us. I, I, I promise you, we have a lot of fun. A lot of fun is happening on the social media channels. A lot of news, a lot of what new to streaming, anything entertainment, movie, TV related, it's all there. Go follow it if you haven't already. And for that, we thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to each and to each, listening to us each and every week, just talking about movies and having a great time. Um, come back next week for more movie fun. And for that, I've been your host, Matt Diaz. Better than I still Santos. See you.